No. That's not it. Ah. There we go. They didn't ask us. Was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. And now, here are your hosts, Jay Crowder and John Mueller. Well, welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. This is a corona-free broadcast. That's what I'm telling myself. I sound really bad. You Um, do sound nasally. But, well, I think Meg had a sinus infection. Oh, dear. And so we're just kind of fight. We're we're day-quilling and night-quilling that. Um, And then I think I have acquired it uh, from her because proximity. We've been uh, trying to flatten the curve and staying home as much as we can. That's the best you can do right now. Every phone call that I make now, I've been saying, Hey, this is Jay. How are you doing? And they're like, good. And then they say, how are you? And I'm like, well, I'm well. And that's about all you can ask for right now. I, by the way, since I've already said my name, I'm Jay. And with me as always is my co-host, John. I actually don't think I've done that the past few episodes. It's actually just been you both times. You have a like a, a soundboard of all the words that I've said previously, and you create your own episodes, Frankenstein style. What? There's no editing. And this? What? <laughs> this oh, is all man. live. You're hearing this live and live from Antonio's bedroom. What is, is my son? We- by Wednesday the way. night. <laughs> it took me a second, I because I I emailed someone at work today. I was like, Hey, we made it to Friday. What? No, we didn't. It's Wednesday. Dang it. So glad. I'm telling you, I am getting tired of working from home. I wish so bad that I had an office to go to. (laughs) Ironically, I feel like I'm tired of working from work. Well, it's like everybody, the people that are home are like, man, I'd love to go somewhere. And the people that are at work are like, it's so slow. I don't want to be here. It's everybody's kind of. It's definitely two sides of the same coin. Well, guys, welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. We're so glad to have you. Um, I hope everybody is staying well. I hope everybody is uh, washing their hands and keeping their hands away from their face. Um, I hope you have toilet paper. Uh, I know that was a legit... (laughs) John, just now, I wish you could see. He was acting like he was trying not to touch his face. He kind of looked like you were doing Vogue. That's me. I I am Vogue. (laughs) Yeah, I hope you can find toilet paper. I know that's been like a huge shortage right now. I know we went to the store recently, found some toilet paper, but we were actually looking for uh, meat, and all we found were steaks. So we got two bone-out ribeye steaks. Yeah, you know, you win some, you lose some. You could say the uh, steaks were raised. The steaks were raised. High steaks. They were high steaks. They were high-priced steaks. I believe it. Ugh. But desperate times call for really Delicious good steaks. Meats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, first up of course, we have the news. And news is I guess a little bit light uh this week. There hasn't been a whole lot coming out. Uh John and I were talking a little bit before the show started and we were just saying how the news has just mainly been um hey this thing's been moved or this thing's been canceled due to coronavirus or covid-19 uh so that's been a little upsetting uh i know most recently uh john had mentioned being excited about scoob 
uh, coming out next month. Uh, I think around your birthday, right? Uh, there, I think it was thereabouts, yeah. And uh, But that has been delayed, pushed back um, indefinitely, actually. That's, uh, that's not, not sure. what you want. Not, that's not what not, you want. No, not at all. So that that's a little upsetting, especially for John, because he was so excited for it. Sorry, John. But I'll just uh, I'll just have to make do with my box set of the first three seasons of Scooby Doo, the, the the original show. What year did Scooby Doo come out? Nineteen sixty nine. It turned fifty last year. Good job. I celebrated it at work and everybody made fun of me. So speaking of things being pushed back, uh Black Widow. Um, I don't know if you saw this, John, but Black Widow here recently, I think it was today, actually, they've actually discussed on possibly releasing that on Disney Plus um, instead of a theater release or possibly doing both and doing a Disney Plus release now and then a theater release once everybody is cured. You have my attention. Yeah? Because I I had... I had not heard that, but I had heard that uh, that Onward is already that, that that we previously saw is already available to rent and is supposed to be available on Disney Plus the first weekend in April. I believe so. So that's kind of that's kind of crazy. It is. Uh, everything is being pushed. I know Frozen Two got released early on Disney Plus. Um, I think like two or three months early, uh, which is pretty amazing. But it's just in the midst of all of this negative, you know, Disney has realized, you know, we really need to be keeping people's spirits up. And so they've released some of this stuff early, which I know there were a lot of uh, little girls that were very excited about that. I know we have some family friends that like they were just thrilled that this had come out. I'm happy for them. I feel like it's it's such a tricky situation, though, because you have these kids who are like mandated to be out of school now. And they're so excited for this movie. And you have all these parents who work the the quote-unquote non-essential jobs who are sheltering in place watching this movie like eight times a week. Yeah. And eventually it's going to be like like Stockholm Syndrome with this movie. Like this movie has kept them captive long enough. They're just like, oh, I love it. This is the yeah. best movie. Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think about that. But yeah, so uh, they've they've talked about uh, Black Widow maybe being released on Disney Plus, um, which would be really awesome. And and truthfully, I think is probably a really good move on Disney's part um, because that's going to really encourage some people to go ahead and buy Disney Plus. You know, because everybody's wanting to see this movie, and so this is just going to be like a a push to go ahead and sign up for it. I mean, I I would be very thrilled if that's what they did, because right now, I think they've pushed it. Well, actually, you know what? Come to think of it, I don't think they've set a date. I just know it's not coming out in May anymore. At this point, I would say it's it's unwise to expect some type of date until other dominoes start falling. Yeah, I think you're right. So, like, once schools start going back nationwide, or, like, once the, the sports leagues reach a decision like we either are or aren't going to to pick up playing again yeah that's that's a good point one of the things you had sent me was the rumored casting of uh ahsoka tano for season two of the mandalorian yeah how about that rosario dawson um i think that's how you pronounce her first name it it is she was in um the marvel netflix shows yes she She was was the uh, nurse started out in daredevil 
um, as the nurse that helped out Daredevil, and then, yeah, she ended up being in all of them. It, there was one that she wasn't in, and I'm trying to think of what it was. I, I was think it the I, second I she, season of Punisher? I don't know that I watched the second season of Punisher yet. I know I didn't finish it. I haven't finished season two of Jessica Jones, season two of Punisher, or season two of Luke Cage. That's, you know what, now that you say that, I'm, I've been the same way with all of those. Did I did Iron Fist even get a season two? It did, I it, and I watched yeah, all of that season. I didn't, I didn't touch that either. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very good. And kind of like with the other ones, it ends in a place where you're like, okay, well, now what? But yeah, so she, which from what I've heard, I, I actually, this was new information to me, but apparently a lot of fans, or she herself has been a fan of Ahsoka for a while, and she's even talked about her playing a live action Ahsoka. Um, and so now they're actually rumored to be doing that. I didn't know that it was something that a lot of fans were rooting for. This was new information to me, but I mean, I can see it. So it's, so it's kind of like a Ryan Reynolds situation when he just talked Deadpool into existence. Yeah. Or, uh, or Henry Cavill as Gerald of Rivia when it's like, no, like you don't understand. I really, really want this part specifically. Opens up a whole lot of doors, you know, they've even, you know, rumors are already spreading. Hey, we could get an Ahsoka show, you know, they could do an Ahsoka spinoff. We've even, you and I have even talked about, you know, the way Rebels ends with um, Ahsoka and Sabine going off to find Ezra. And that's how that series ends. That's kind of where the Mandalorian picks up. I, I will say, I don't think you could jump from Rebels cartoon to a live-action spinoff. I feel like the jump there, like, if you tried to go from Ahsoka and Sabine, go to find Ezra, but this and, time it's live-action, like, that's a really hard bridge to cross. That's true. It might throw it off a little bit. I don't know. A lot of possibilities. I'm really excited. Possibilities. Especially if this actually does come true, which I don't know if it's been confirmed yet. I think it has because they've already been talking a whole lot about it. But at the same time, you know, I wouldn't put it past anybody at Disney to just be smoking mirrorsing, smoking and mirrorsing. I don't know how to turn that into a verb. Um, smoking mirroring. Sure. <laughs> but but just using this as kind of a distraction just to keep some type of like hey you know don't forget about us because so many things like as the the Disney plus Marvel shows start releasing the Mandalorian I feel like is going to start fading more into that background so True. they're gonna need some type of some type of callback or some other marketable character to be like hey you know what we were real good in season one and we're gonna be real good in season two jumping off from the potential of a live action ahsoka we could jump into uh, uh catching up on clone wars ah yes that sounds like if a you great idea up. um so i watch i was i told you i was an episode and a half behind i started watching one at lunch at work and then someone else came into the room i was in and i was like well i don't have my headphones and i don't want to be rude so i i turned it off and i started just browsing reddit instead um so where did we where did we leave off last time so the last episode ends with, well, you know, you and I had kind of suspected that what's-his-name uh, Echo might end up being a bad guy. 
mm-hmm. later on, which could possibly still happen. But at the same time, though, the episode ends with Echo going with everybody else. The uh, the uh, um, the, the unusual bad, no the bad batch the bad batch. I almost said the unusual batch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be accurate. It would just be beating around the bush, I guess. Yeah. He goes off with the Bad Batch, and that's how it ends. I'm going to be completely honest that episode before, I don't really remember what else had happened in there. I um, think I think I've got it. So, the Bad Batch, Rex, Echo, and Anakin go to Admiral Trench's capital ship, and he's, he's sieging the planet, right. and Echo sends out a pulse that disables all the droids on the planet saves uh mace windu obi-wan all of their their buddies but at the cost of admiral trench activating some type of i don't know if it was a true like nuclear bomb or just like a massive massive bomb it was a massive bomb and the thought was like oh this could not only just like wipe us out this will blow up like half of the planet so it's one of those like get out of dodge quick type of things um but echo is like no i can i can fix this like i can give you the code so he he gets what was it like seven eighths of the code? He needed one more number, and Trench sent out a pulse. He found out where he was and shut him down. Um, so Anakin runs to the bridge, and I actually thought this scene was done very well. So Anakin runs to the bridge and he destroys the droids because he's a Jedi and they're droids. It's just kind of how that works. And you could see him falling. Like, you could see the progression from, like, what he was in earlier seasons of Clone Wars to what he is going to be by the end of Episode 3. So he, like, he maims the Admiral Trench first to show he means business. Like, he cuts off his robot arms because they're robot arms. You know, there's not a whole lot of, like, shock or anything he could have put him into. And then, like, he gets, like surprise attacked like he tries admiral trench tries to tase him or whatever and he just straight up kills him no sorrow no remorse no nothing and then he just runs back to his buddies and he's like hey guys i got the last number it's a seven by the way admiral trench is dead uh bye and they escape and everybody's fine and uh and a happy ending to the bad batch clone plot I forgot that we got to see a little bit of Vader in that episode. Basically got to see his transitioning from Anakin into this rage, anger-filled individual that he becomes. So then, I don't even know what number of episode this is anymore. I think we're on episode four. So that that was four? That was... I think that was four. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead. I was about to say, we can just look it up. In the meantime, so the next episode, uh, Ahsoka is on a speeder bike that looks just jank, right? It does not look good. And uh, she's she's speeder biking around Coruscant. I imagine having just left because it it looks she looks like some time has passed. Looks like a little time has passed, but not a whole lot of time. And I mean, it feels like not really a whole lot happens. Enough time has passed to for dis- Anakin to have a mullet. Well, I mean, the Not 90s. A mullet, exactly. But it's like that scene from How I Met Your Mother. Like, the 90s didn't make it to Star Wars until a long, long time ago. Like, <laughs> he's going to have jorts in the next episode. They're just not going to tell anybody. Right. That would be amazing, actually. Like, he has the the 
the torso Jedi robes, and they're like super. Fo- it's like business on top, party on the bottom. I would be. Can we get? Can we get some type of graphic designer to make that for us? That would be amazing. That'd be fantastic. It'd be like the mullet of outfits. So unfinished business, which was the episode where Echo leaves the group and goes with the Bad Batch, and episode. Five is the next episode, Gone with a Trace. And that is the one where Ahsoka comes back. That was right. I love being right. Good job. It was a 50-50 shot, so... Well, the I think it's kind of like what we said. You know, the second and third episode of Clone Wars just kind of... Like, they, they kind of... They, they had to be watched together. Because there was so much information that you get from the second episode that you have to have seen in order to understand what was going on in the third episode. And so I think that's why it kind of threw me off is because those almost felt like one big long episode. And it starting with episode five, it does feel like a, a pure separation of plots for now. It does. I imagine eventually they will get tied. Actually, I know eventually they will get tied in together um, because someone somewhere has already found the episode uh, synopses. Really? Like the spoiler-free, like, these are the things that happen, kind of like the teaser synopsis. Oh, Because I was looking on, I think it was Wikipedia, actually, and it was like, oh, so so these are going to be the Ahsoka episodes, and eventually um, eventually they, they do tie back in together. I'm interested to see how that happens, because episode one of the Ahsoka plot is uh pretty basic yeah it is isn't it she crashes she tries to repair her bike she makes a friend and then she uses uh her uh her neo from the matrix i know kung fu to ward off some attackers then she ends up helping them out helping them with their uh money problems um and at first is on board with it but then doesn't like the way that it's going and so she Let's her let's her um, insecurities about it be known, but then she ends up helping him out as best she can, and then it just kind of ends with her. She ends up leaving, doesn't she? She says, "This is just not my kind of lifestyle." I think she wants to, but at the same time, like the way her character is, she sees that this person is going through hard times or some type of struggle. And she's going to want to help. But also, at the same time, where else does she have to go? So I, what I think is going to happen, and it would have to be the next episode, so that would be episode six, um, I think there's going to be some type of conflict with Ahsoka and the two sisters, like with, with the three of them against an external force. And the conflict is going to be to the degree that they are going to have to leave Coruscant. And they're going to get out into the galaxy and something is going to happen. That's going to get her involved so that's, again. That's my very vague prediction for what what is next in the Ahsoka plot. Sounds reasonable to me. So, so far, <laughs> what's your thoughts on the season so far? I, I'm torn. Because I wanted, I wanted a, a long-term season i wanted a season long plot because that's one thing i feel like the original clone wars series did well was the mix of all of these plots are all happening 
all at the same time. Because, I mean, that's just kind of the nature of how time passes. Like, time doesn't only happen, like, alright, so this week, uh, things are gonna happen in Jay's life. Exclusively Jay's life. And then, the next week, things are gonna happen in John's life. Exclusively. Like, that's not how it works. Like, everyone lives their lives at the same time. So, I would have wanted to see, like, if it's... Let's just say, I don't know how many episodes are in this season. But if it... Let's say it's like a 12-episode season. Instead of having a four-episode plot, a four-episode plot, and then a four-episode plot at the end, when they kind of tie them all together with a nice little bow, I would much rather have a third of the episode... Well, I guess it would be half of the episode for eight episodes, and then that same four-episode plot at the end. Because they're going to get to the same place eventually, but the way they're getting there just feels very abrupt. Mm-hmm. Because by the time, like, if they go back in and tie in the Bad Batch, I feel like I'm going to have to go back and rewatch at least one of those episodes to be like, okay, I've forgotten all about these characters who were created a brand new for this, and it just wouldn't be a good look. Yeah, it is interesting to see where they're going to go with it, because kind of like you said, like there's not like there's no longer an overall plot, because kind of like what we had said earlier, like this spider robot thing that we had met, like he ends up getting killed for five episodes, four episodes in. And so it is kind of like, okay, well, then who is this? Who's the big bad then? Like, who, who's the bad guy that they're trying to stop? Because I thought it was going to be him, and then I thought Echo was going to get involved somehow, but then that's not what happened. And maybe he could be involved later, but kind of like what you said, like, they'll end up going back to it, and we'll be like, oh, right. So what what were they all about again? Well, I'll be interested to see where they go. Um, I definitely liked this episode okay, it was definitely like a, it was a very okay episode. Um, it was a, it was a, an exposition episode. There was just was a, enough action when you were like, all right, I, I could come back for this. It was but a it good reintroduction of the character. Definitely. You know, we're getting to see, okay, she doesn't have her lightsabers. You know, what does a Jedi do when they're no longer a part of the Jedi order? You know, because she's still because it's not like she lost her powers, like she's still very powerful, but she just doesn't have a um, a group, you know, a, she, she doesn't have other power, powerful friends anymore. So that that part was interesting to see like this rogue Jedi. Now, one thing that I thought would be really good for us to talk about was just kind of like a. I kind of just in my head was just like a COVID-19 update. Um, (laughs) Like, what have you been doing since all of this has been going on? Because I know me personally, I've had a lot more time on my hands um, being here at home, you know, and and most of my clients don't wake up till 11 o'clock anyway. So I usually have a few hours in the morning to, you know, do some stuff if I want to. Yeah. Um, so so, the, uh, the update for me and it's hopelessly ironic is, um, at the beginning of March, really when this stuff was kind of starting to take off domestically, um, the division two had a massive expansion release. 
and it revolutionized how this game is. And the reason that that's so ironic is because The Division, the first game, um, was set in New York. I want to say it released in like 2016 or something. Um, but it's set in New York during like the holiday season after a virus outbreak destroyed the city. So The Division is 2 is still, is still in that same world of saying like, you know, this virus isn't a threat, but we're having to, the, the end game of the new content is stopping a guy who's developing like a bigger, badder virus. Oh my god. And I'm just like, all right, so I'm going to go play my virus apocalypse uh, video game in the time that I'm spending at home because of the virus apocalypse. Like it was, <laughs> I laughed more than I should have. Yeah. Cause you're like, all right, well, I guess I'm training myself on how to survive when this thing gets worse. That is very ironic. Isn't it ironic? It's not the, not the most family appropriate song. I love it, but gosh, it's like he's... rain. Um, oh, we're thinking different songs. Yes, we are. I'm thinking Bo Burnham. Yes, definitely not thinking that. <laughs> he's, oh my gosh, I love Bo Burnham. He's incredibly talented, but also very coarse. He is. I like his, um, he made fun of, I think it was Kanye West. Have you seen that bit? I have. Yeah, that's my pretty fa- good. My favorite bit, bar none, that he has is the uh, the country song. Yes. Because being, I mean, being in Middle Tennessee as long as I have, I definitely appreciate the the shot at at country culture, or I guess modern country culture. Modern country, yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, back to he, what we were talking about. Your not your a sponsor. Corona, yeah, your your. Oh my gosh! If it was, if he was though, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um. Yeah, I remember. Well, sorry, just to just to jump off on that. I remember watching Bo Burnham videos. This would have been like at least a decade ago and he was like a youtube comedian yeah and like oh, isn't it amazing how times well isn't it amazing that you can become po- that popular just based on that kind of stuff it's crazy our update or my update anyway um so antonio my son and i have been re-watching all the star wars movies um not in order at all we've just been like randomly watching one that hurts me inside why well just like because i was i was literally about to ask you i was like oh chronological or release like chronological order or release order and you're just like it's we're spinning like wheel of fortune style and eventually we're gonna land on bankrupt and have to watch um one of the prequels but (laughs) well he loves i and I, i still don't understand why but he loves um Attack of the Clones. I remember. Is, how how old is Antonio-ish? He it's is... It's like a range, but like for, like 10-ish. Yeah. Okay. He's so, approaching that age. Attack of the Clones, I think, came out when I was around the same age. 10-ish, because it came out 2003? 2002? Uh, I don't know. I think it was 2002, actually. So, I remember I was fascinated by that movie. Because I thought Count Dooku was an awesome villain. He was just so sophisticated and, like, dignified. And, and he had the slightly bent hilt of his yeah. lightsaber. And, um, but also when you're, when you're that age, you don't have the same, like, critical awareness you do as you age. 
Right. So you're not going to be, well, I mean, you can, but you'd be incredibly pretentious to be like a, like a 10, a 10 year old person being like, I can't believe the screenwriting of this film. <laughs> these, these lines are being delivered. So just poor. Yeah. It, the, the plot of this movie, there's so many, just how did this happen? Like, I don't understand. And like, I'm not saying that person doesn't exist. I'm just saying, like, that person probably has a YouTube channel. Well, I do know <laughs> I do know that someday he'll probably rewatch it when he's older, and he'll be like, why did I think these, this movie was so great? And I'll be like, because it had a lot of action in it. Yeah. A lot of stuff blew up. I feel like, so, one of the, one of the movies, I've, I've famously not seen a lot of very popular movies. And one of the movies that I have famously not seen is Space Jam. Okay. And I feel like, to me... Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to idolize the prequel, the prequel trilogy in the sense of, like, the same way our, um, like, age compatriots do for Space Jam. But there is this kind of romanticized notion of being like, I remember loving this movie when I was a kid. for Specifically yeah. for Attack of the Clones. And, like, I'm super hesitant to go back and watch it now. Because as an adult, I know this movie is not good. Right? So I know it's bad. And I want to go back and watch it for the nostalgia. But at the same time, I don't. Because I don't want to, like, hurt my my inner child. Like, I just want to remember it for what it was. What was I felt it, that like, way when 15 we... 15 years ago. Like, we watched um, Doug with Antonio. And... I, that was a show that I loved as a kid. I thought it was great. And then we rewatched it. And I mean, it was still pretty good. Like it was okay, but just compared to like now as opposed to how it, how I used to see it, it was terrible. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. And I was like, well, I guess that just goes to show that when you're a kid, you don't really pay that close attention to that kind of stuff. Or even or even other shows like I I started watching um early seasons of The Office mm. which is 15 years old this week I think somehow yeah so some of the the jokes and the bits that they do in The Office from 2005 2006 like that range there's no chance you could get away with today right so I think that's another interesting thing to watch like as time goes on is the progression of what was deemed acceptable at the time yeah more so in comedies because comedies i think try to push the envelope more for a for a humor perspective um but i i, I could see that in dramas as well i'm trying to think oh, yeah. of an example and i don't know if i can off the top of my head yeah it's um it's going to be interesting in the future i'm sure there'll be some shows even today that we'll look back on and we'll be like oh wow i never paid attention to that before yeah. Um, although we are starting to get more into that era of people are watching more about what they say and do, um, you know, got that PC culture now. Yeah. So. I will say again, not family friendly in any sense of the word, but kind of on the flip side of PC culture, I've been getting really into Dave Chappelle's recent stand up comedy. So from like 2017 to, to current. Well, did you watch his Netflix special? I watched... Let's see. So I watched two this week uh, because that's what my life has become. 
Um, there's one with like a crazy name that I think he won an Emmy for or a Grammy. I don't know. I'm and not then even there's sure. so it's what it's like equanimity is one of the words in the title. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one I watched was it's like a two episode series, so to speak. So the first episode he records it in Los Angeles, and the second episode I think he records it in like Austin, Texas, or somewhere. So I have seen the the individual special and the one recorded in Los Angeles. And it's not so much that he's a comedian in the sense of he gets up there and tells jokes for an hour. Like, he just tells stories in a comedic way. Yeah. And he, I mean, he pokes fun at everybody all the same. Like, I don't know. I find him very enjoyable from yeah. a from a content perspective. But well, again, he is coarse. <laughs> yes, he is. And this is just kind of, we're kind of going off into a different kind of, going into a different genre but you know comedy itself it's been really interesting here recently i've been that's one thing i like to do on my way well before all this virus stuff to and from work i would sometimes listen to comedians um on you know spotify or even pandora sometimes and um i really i I really enjoyed it and then i would listen to some of the older comedians and i would be like wow they could never say anything like this now but it's really funny and so then there's a little bit of me that feels guilty when i laugh at things like that well and so then i'm like when did this become all inappropriate and so then i started paying more attention to comedians now It it was like two years ago well, I started Very paying more recent. attention to comedians now, and I started listening more to like their because there's been a lot of comedians that have actually kind of done the opposite of what they normally do and have done more serious stuff, and they've done like interviews and things, and it's amazing how like comedians like um, Jay Leno, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, all and others I can't I can't name them all off the top of my head, but they've all had interviews and they all say that they that comedy is not what it used to be because people are so easily offended. And so they're like, they've completely missed the point of comedy, which is just making fun of everyone and everybody. And they take it so seriously now. And so, um, it is very interesting to listen to them because like Seinfeld, for example, on a show sometime, he said he doesn't do colleges anymore. Because he had too many colleges that would then get mad at him for what he said. And he'd be like, I'm a comedian. That's what I do. Like, that's yeah. my job is to make you feel uncomfortable. And he's like, if if you come to my show and I don't make you feel uncomfortable at some point, then really I'm not doing my job. So it's very interesting. But yes, so continuing on with my uh, COVID-19 update. <laughs> The other thing the that we have hole. done is we rewatched um, the Rise of Skywalker. We bought it on digital 4K, and it is amazing in 4K. There's so much stuff it. I didn't recognize before, but also seeing it the second time around, I figured out that Palpatine was cloned. That's how he. I read is, that. That's how he is where he is. At one point, they say it so quick. Well, I mean, you and I said the movie is like jumping all over the place, but 
at one point they say only the power of the Sith would be able to clone like that again. And that's the answer is it's just so he was cloned by the I Sith. Wonder, I wonder if that was added in some type of post-theatrical but pre-digital release. Because Possibly. I don't I don't remember catching that in the first and I I did I did only see it one time, but I saw where it was confirmed in like the companion novel or something, yeah. and that was one of the big criticisms of of this movie specifically is that there was so much tie in media that told essential parts of the story, yeah. So no no single aspect told the entire story, right and. I feel like that's kind of the whole thing with the with the movie. You should be able to watch the movie and it be self-contained. Yeah. So that was I agree. A, that that was a criticism that I had not thought of previously, but I mean given the the circumstance around it, it makes complete sense. Yeah. So, finally got that answer. Uh and then also last but not least, what I have been doing is I bought Assassin's Creed Origins on Xbox. And it is such a good game. I love it so much. And like I was saying, it's not appropriate for kids at all, unless that's what your parents allow you to play. Um, But it's pretty gruesome. But like I said, I think the last one I played was uh, Black Flag. So it's a huge difference from those. It's more open world than it ever has been before. Um, I've had a lot of people or a lot of reviews have said it's like um, they've compared it to The Witcher 3. I wouldn't compare it to that. I mean, maybe a little bit, but it is more of a RPG now instead of, uh, you know, like you can customize your character a a lot of different ways. And the new new one, uh, Odyssey, like it's so much like an RPG that even the decisions that you make change the story along the way. I love games like that. Like yeah. one of the one of the games in the event that that I get quarantined or like shelter in placed, one of the games that PlayStation gave away last year was a Detroit Become Human. Oh yeah, and that whole game is about the impact decisions have like from the get go. So in the event that we get that backlogged, like I'm kind of excited to play a game like that again. It's been a long time since I played a game where it's like, "Oh, sorry, you made this decision at the beginning of the game and it changed literally everything." You have to let me know how that is cuz I heard that it was a lot of it was different. I'm trying to find it. There it is. We're having to record remotely just to for safety concerns and you know, and then also just it's easier to do it this way. And I was like, and then you suddenly just disappeared. I couldn't see your face anymore. Yep, that was apparently on on my end, so I I apologize for that. Oh, that's alright. But we found a workaround, as is the case. Well, John, now it's time for the moment that everybody has been waiting for, the main event. This week, because we are not able to review James Bond... We have decided that we're going to review something that's kind of similar. Because we're reviewing movies or movies that were based on books. And what were the good ones and what were the bad ones? 
and so, what are some that we've seen but haven't read and what are some that we've read and haven't seen and so on and so forth so my my thought behind that first of all i i was crushed when they moved back no time to die uh one because they moved back no time to die and i'm still so excited for that movie and two because that meant our bonus episode in march would not be um james bond and i had already rewatched skyfall once i was probably going to rewatch it again because i watched it like two weeks ago then you were like hey you know we're gonna push that back to when it becomes current and it's a decision that makes complete sense but i was i was crushed because i love like the the case is still sitting right next to me and i just love skyfall so much but moving on to to book and movie adaptations kind of my thought behind it was if you're quarantined for some type of indefinite amount of time you can read the book and watch the movie. So this is like double dipping almost in terms of time it can take you to, to I don't want to, like encounter is the verb that's coming to mind, but it's definitely not the right word just to, to partake in those different forms of media. So I think you have a much more pure list than I do. I think you have like too good, too bad. And I just kind of have like a shotgun list of like these are all adaptations (laughs) yeah no i I loved your idea it's a really good idea it can keep people busy um because that's kind of been the focus of our episode is kind of went over our updates and what we've been doing um and so this is a way for people that they can stay busy because you know for a lot of us we're having to stay home or um you know so on and so forth um but I will let you kick things off since my list is so short. So what do you got for us, John? So the way the way I broke down my list was I broke it down into two categories where I have read the book and then the second category where I have not read the book. Okay. Um, so they're varying uh, like degrees of quality, both in terms of as an adaptation and in terms of like as cinema. So the first one I wrote down was the the Bourne trilogy, the Jason Bourne movies with Matt Damon. Books that I have, like, this is the ones I have read. So I have read the original Jason Bourne trilogy. And let me tell you, they are wildly different. So the, the books are like Cold War era spy books. And the movies obviously are not. So in my opinion, they are different enough that they can be enjoyed like they can both be enjoyed. There's such a separation between the book plot and the movie plot to where you could be like, "Oh, I can enjoy these on their own merits." Well, well, I was sorry. In some ways, I almost prefer that mm-hmm. because then I'm not sitting there going, "Oh, well, this happened in the book and I like the way that happened better or whatever." Yeah. So this way it's it's almost completely like you said it's completely different. Yeah, not like something like uh, Harry Potter, where right. there's so much minute detail and so many subplots that you can address when you have a theoretically infinite amount of text. Right. But not not everybody is going to want to watch a four hour movie of every word of the book. So right. that's on my that was also on my list of I have read. Obviously, I have read uh, the Harry Potter books, um, Hunger Games. I've only read one book. So I only okay. saw one movie. <laughs> well, I, I've <laughs> so I've seen, I've read and seen all three. 
Or four, I guess. The last one was split into two parts. Ah, that was in vogue back in the day. Yes, it was. It's because of Deathly Hallows, I'm sure. I think they were the first one to part one, part two, a series finale like that. Let's see what else I have. I have The Hobbit, which in terms of an adaptation, not a fan. Um, too much creative license to make it, like too much commercialization. And it gets way away from the source material, again, in my opinion. So if you if you just want to like sit down and watch a movie, you can sit down and watch the Hobbit movies. But if you want to sit down and be like and compare it to the book, it's probably not going to go well. Yeah. In fact, uh, since you bring that up, that is actually on my number one of worst book adaptations. Um, was that? I believe uh, it. Or movie adaptations of a book. It, that that was was awful. Yeah, I, I don't I, know I why. That. Why did why they did three parts? I will never understand. Like that is just way too much. Get like that money. I maybe could have understood two, maybe, but even then, like the book is a children's book. Like uh, it's not yeah. not that long. <laughs> that's that's what I was telling Meg earlier. I was like, yeah, I read The Hobbit when I was in fourth grade. Like, it's not a three movie book. No, definitely so not. So anyway, I will I will move on. Um, Life of Pi is on my list. Life of Pi, I think, was actually the first Blu-ray I ever bought, and it is one hundred percent like you need to see it Blu-ray or four K. It's beautiful. It's hmm. like ninety nine percent digital. And it, oh, I just, I love it so much. See, I, I've I read been that book. told by multiple people that that book or that movie is really, really good. I, I enjoy it very much. It's definitely like if I were to do these in a list of like recommend to not recommend, it would be on the on the high end of my books I have read and recommend the movie. Um, similarly, on that list would be uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, the yes. old the old movie with Gregory Peck. Yes. Um, read the book. Very important book in the history of American literature. But also, it was adapted fairly early, and it's like fairly close to when it was written, I think. 1962. And it's, I mean, it's a quality adaptation, in my opinion. It's the only reason I know it's 1962 is because that's my number one on uh, best movie adaptation is... To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, original authors Harper Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, film came out in 1962, and like you said, Gregory Peck was just a fantastic. The, the whole cast, honestly, was very, very good. It was very well acted. Um, that was actually for a, for a To Kill a Mockingbird movie fact. That was the first uh, credited role for Robert Duvall, I think. Interesting. He was, uh, I think, he was Boo Radley, and then obviously he was on to he moved on to being like the Godfather. And um, I want to say he he was in a western. I can't remember what it was, but he is just like a like a household name. I feel like because oh, yeah. he's been acting so long. A super underrated adaptation for me is uh, Ten Things I Hate About You." That movie with oh. Heath Ledger. It's yeah. a modernization of Shakespeare's the "Taming of the Shrew." Okay, see, I didn't know that. So. I actually really enjoy it because I feel like it modernizes like they do it very well. So it's not like the it's not like the DiCaprio one from the mid 90s where 
they they adapted it and they modernized it, but they kept the language the same. Mm-hmm. So where the 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 play, the original Romeo and Juliet play was also the screenplay for a more modern version. That's not what they did in Ten Things I Hate About You. And I feel like it, it adapts much better than than that Romeo and Juliet, in my opinion. Because it doesn't come across as, like, forced. Very cool. But another DiCaprio I have on my books I have read is Great Gatsby. Yes. Which is a very okay movie, but stylistically, it is done very interestingly. And honestly, I think that they did a good job with that movie in capturing just the... Um... You know, because even the book for its time was, like, just showing, like, how much partying they did and just how crazy his life was and how, like, it almost seemed unreal, the kind of life that uh, that Gatsby lived. And so I think they did a really good job in that version of the movie of capturing that just that awe of oh my gosh this party is nuts and that's exactly how the characters felt in the book yeah i think they did a good job with that and then similarly um thinking of a movie that the movie itself is okay but stylistically the movie is very good uh sin city okay yeah so so I... sin, sin city is an adaptation of a frank miller graphic novel series so it's a number of books and the, like I said, the movie is okay, but the, the movie is done so well because it's largely black and white and the, the colors that they use are so important to the narrative. Like, it, it draws your attention and keeps it for very obvious reasons. Um, and that had Bruce Willis, didn't it? It did. It had a, actually looking back, a really incredible ensemble cast yeah. because... Like how I was talking about Clone Wars, how it takes all these plots and weaves them together. That's what Sin City does. The movie takes all these plots and weaves them together. Each book is a separate plot. So, like, I've only read Volume 1, which is the the Marv book. It's the Mickey Rourke character in the movie. Um, But there's, gosh, I don't know how many volumes. Um, Again, very not. I mean, it's called Sin City not going to be the family appropriate option and kind of kind of staying there um the last book that i have read adaptation is uh black hawk down okay so it's based on a true story and obviously some creative liberties are taken because it's not a documentary like it is a movie so the book is i think largely non-fiction um, it, it goes about and tells the story of the people who were there and what happened to them individually. Uh, it's also been a while since I've read that book. Um, but the movie uh, is is regarded as one of the better war movies of the past 20 years or so. Uh, very high quality, very impactful. Um, again, tremendous ensemble cast. Yeah, I'd put it up there with like Band of Brothers. So that that finishes up my books where I oh no I have a just some I didn't write down but I remembered um, I took a class on page to screen in college and the Fun. two movies that I oh it was a great class it was wonderful um, but the two movies I remember the most from that class are the talented Mr. Ripley 
which I can't remember who wrote the book, but the mo- the main movie adaptation starred uh, Matt Damon and Jude Law. Hmm. And then the one that I didn't realize was an adaptation was The Maltese Falcon. So it's that old, old Humphrey Bogart film noir classic. Yeah. Was, was an adaptation. And, I mean, you can watch that movie by itself, and then you can, like, you can read the book and watch the movie, and they're both equally enjoyable. So I have an abundance of, I have not read the book. Uh, we talked about these earlier. These are kind of, I call them ish, in the sense of they're taking, they're plucking a character and kind of just putting him in his own universe, and that's the Jack Ryan show on Amazon and the Jack Reacher movies with Tom Cruise. They're not true adaptations in that sense, but they take the established character and just kind of put him in his universe. Blade Runner is technically an adaptation, one of the pinnacles of science fiction. It was, uh, I want to say it was Philip K. Dick's Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? I think it's a short story. I Um, forgot about that one. Bouncing off of The Hobbit, going to the other end of the quality spectrum, Lord of the Rings, which... I have never read, but they are all available on Netflix. I See, that's interesting you say that, because if you have read the books, like, yes, if you you aren't comparing them, the Lord of the Rings movies are very good. But if you're comparing them, the books are so much better. Um, You know, there's just so much that they leave out and change. So, yeah, that's... That's, I guess, my little complaint. Um, the rest of the ones I have on my list... This is one of my favorite movies of all time. And it is an adaptation of a book I have not read. It is another Cold War spy movie. And this is uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. It's Gary Oldman. It's Tom Hardy. Benedict Cumberbatch. Colin Firth. John Hurt. Like, these are heavy hitters of, of uh, British actors. And it's a amazing plot um i want to say it got added to netflix like last week two weeks ago like fairly recently i just i love this movie so much so it's obviously going to be the high end of my spectrum from a quality standpoint gone girl is a movie i've really enjoyed i have not read the book definitely not not for children like that movie is graphic once the once the kids go to bed if you can handle a suspense thriller at nighttime. Uh, go for it. <laughs> it's not a movie, but Game of Thrones. I've heard that the uh, I have I have friends who have read all the books and watched the entire series. Um, the word that I got is the first season of Game of Thrones mirrors the first book very well. And then obviously, as time goes on, it becomes a more create like a, there's more creative license taken. Um, you know, some things happen to characters that happen to other people. Characters are invented for the TV show that are kind of an amalgamation of characters from the books so i wouldn't call it a pure adaptation as much as i would say like kind of inspired by the last one i have not read the book is girl with the dragon tattoo and i'm thinking of the uh the daniel craig i think it was rooney mara one and i enjoyed the movie i don't know if i would necessarily go so far as to call it like high quality but what i will say about it it's my favorite trailer of all time because i remember i was sitting in the movie theater and it's the like the sharp cuts, and uh, I think it was "Immigrant Song" by Led Zeppelin, was the the backdrop to this trailer, and it's just like hyping you up and hyping you up, and you're just like, man, 
Like Led Zeppelin's awesome and this movie looks awesome. And it was it wasn't awesome, but it was pretty good. And um the last one I'm going to I'm going to name drop here is uh Tomb Raider. Not that um it's it's a book, but it is an adaptation in the sense of going from video game to movie. And I've only played the first, I think it was Square Enix of the the new Tomb Raider games and it was so good. I I love the first new Tomb Raider game. I have not played the subsequent two. Um I have also only seen the first two Tomb Raider movies. I've only seen the Angelina Jolie ones and they're not good movies. Like I don't want that to be subtle. They're not good movies. But they're enjoyable. Like they're fun. I have not seen the uh, Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider from like two years ago. I think it was two years ago. So I can't say if it was good or not. Um, I think the fact that I haven't seen it probably shows that it was probably not the best. Um, so that is that is the extent of my list. Kind of my, my rambling on. Um, uh, thank you for your list, by the way. But the... Uh, um, so what I did was I did... Um, the two best and the two worst like ones that i feel like really took the book to heart and 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 did a really good job with that you know and then the second thing is um the second part is the two that i feel like they did not follow the book at all they just completely ignored the content um, so the first one is actually, you already named it, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, the uh, 1962 version. Um, very good. Um, that version, I believe, has also been made into plays um, because I've seen a mocking, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird play and it was almost identical to the that movie. Um, now the second one that I really love is uh, uh, True Grit, the uh, 2010 version. Now, well, I was gonna—I didn't know that was an adaptation, so I almost mentioned it in the sense of watching both movies, of just saying watching the John Wayne version and then watching the Jeff Bridges version and comparing them to each other. But I—that's really interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So the uh, in True Grit, it was written by Charles Portis. Uh, and uh, and he uh, the 2010 version is the more accurate version. It was directed by the Coen Brothers, and so that was a more accurate version. You have to give credit where credit is due. I do like the John Wayne version, and specifically, I like John Wayne playing that character. I think he did a really good job with it. And I feel like he, like, I almost feel like if they could have brought him back, you know, for that role, I feel like they would have used him again. (laughs) But he, I really liked him in that role. So it was unfortunate that he couldn't be there for it, but they did a really good job and it's more accurate to the book. Now, worst, um, the first one I have down is I Am Legend, 2007. Um, with uh, Will Smith. The book was written by Richard Matheson, and the book and the movie 
are two completely different stories. Well, again, I mean, similar to True Grit, I didn't know it was, it makes sense that it's it's a science fiction adaptation, but it was originally a different movie. It was, I think it was called The Omega Man with, uh, I think it was Charlton Heston. So it was a, it had previously been adapted. And now that I know it's kind of like a trilogy of, of book, movie, movie, I'm really interested to see how they all compare to each other. Because like you're, like you're getting into, I Am Legend and the book do not compare favorably. No, they don't. Um, the book is actually, now a lot of it is, is a lot the same. Um, a lot of it, you know, like it's still this man who's surviving by himself and supposedly he's the last person, the last man on earth. And, and so it's true in that sense. However, what I liked so much about the book was the book was actually about vampires. So what has happened is, is there's been this virus that's turning everybody into vampires and so he's been surviving, um, destroying, killing all these vampires. And what ends up happening is, is he finds what who he thinks is a woman, another human woman, and he saves her. And then it turns out later uh, that, and it's like the char- all the characters' names are exactly the same. So the woman that he saved, that Will Smith saves in the movie, that's the character, that's the woman who uh wills who um robert uh neville that's who he he saves her and takes her back to his apartment and then she ends up being a vampire in disguise and tricks him and so he gets caught and so what how it ends and the reason why i like it so much better is it makes more sense with the title because what happens is is that he goes to like a court hearing with all these vampires and they're trying to decide what to do with him and so they're about to they're going to go ahead and change him into a vampire and then before he does he starts talking about how he is the legend now and the vampires are no longer the legend and so he says i am legend i'm not gonna lie that concept, like that scene, picturing it cinematically, sounds amazing. Right? It just sounds so cool. So, and, and it's funny because I saw the movie first, and I thought this is a pretty good movie. I liked it. I mean, it was action packed. It had a little bit of horror in it, but not so much that it like you can't sleep at night. Um, and so I really enjoyed it. But then I saw in the credits that it was based on a book. And I was like, oh, well, I'd really like to read the book just to see what it was, you know, how they are. And then, of course, I read it and I was just blown away. And I was like, the book is so much better. (laughs) So I enjoyed it a lot. And then, of course, uh, we actually already talked about it. But The Hobbit um, parts one through three by Peter Jackson, 2012 to 2014. Tolkien, Tolkien's version is just... you know, and it's kind of like what you said. If you just go into it just wanting to watch a good series of movies, I think they're good. But when you compare it to the source material, it just doesn't compare. That makes it kind of hard. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm so torn. 
on the hobbit specifically hearing that i am legend was a book first is actually super interesting to me because like you're saying it's a completely different movie so i've just been kind of sitting back and pondering like oh so they're actually vampires and like there's this fine like the finale scene and it just it would play out like i feel like you could adapt that movie now and obviously call it something differently but if you if you remade i am legend book accurate I feel like it would be really good, depending on, obviously, who who directs it and who plays Robert Neville, but I feel like that would have such potential to do it accurately. I agree. I agree. It's um, it's pretty amazing when, when you think about it, and you're right, yeah, you could release it again, and you know what? Most people might even compare it and then get mad and say oh, well, this movie is basically I Am Legend. And then you could be like, yes, yes, you're right. You just adjust your your top hat and monocle. And, well, actually, this is I Am Legend, but accurate. (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, I hope you all enjoyed that. That was kind of us just kind of throwing some things at you, some recommendations while we're all having to uh, be locked up inside and be quarantined. it's it's uh uncertain times right now so we understand um and it can be scary but uh the main thing that we want you want to remind you is that we're going to get through it and we're going to get through it together uh the biggest thing is uh you know you got to uh you got to listen and you got to do what they ask us um and i know that it it may not seem like it's such a big deal but you know even for you know john and i were in our early 20s and uh you know even though we might be in our early 20s we still got to be careful speak for yourself late 20s all the way late late 20s and proud it's like a hunger games moment like 27 and proud yeah it's uh no we definitely are um but um Yes, so, you know, you got to think of other people as well, you know, because there's people that might be a little worse off than than, than you are, so you got to think of the others. But uh, anyway, didn't mean to get all uh, dark and gloomy there, but I hope you enjoyed. I hope that uh, our movies get to come out here soon. I know I'm really getting... Uh, I loved what I just saw on the video. I see John... <laughs> This roll of toilet paper just wiping his nose with the roll. In in my defense, with toilet paper being as sacred as it is right now, it's like the end of the roll when it the the sheets themselves are the ones that are glued to the roll. So I'm using it as like a de facto Kleenex because I don't have any Kleenexes up here. That is fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, John. Um, you know, I would love for you to let them know how they can reach us because with everybody being locked up, they might enjoy reaching out to us and maybe talking to us. I mean, to be completely honest, I would love that as well because like you're saying, I mean, we're we're in that same boat as everyone else. So uh, if you would like to, to reach out to us, you can find us at uh, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. Um, no punctuation and uh, it does not matter if it is capitalized or not. Um, you can find us at anchor.fm slash they didn't ask us. And you can find us at they didn't ask us at gmail.com. 
Um, as always, I mean, like Jay said, thank you all for, for listening. Please like, follow, share us with your friends. We would love to get um, just get some community interaction on uh, on posts and stuff. So if you have something you want us to see, be sure to uh, shoot it our way. We would uh, we would love to hear from you. Yes, and um, I'm gonna go ahead and drop my uh, Instagram. Um, if you want to follow me personally on Instagram, I don't do a whole lot on there, but if you want to just see what I'm up to and what I'm doing. Uh, I've been trying to update it a little bit more just because um, I do have some followers and just kind of showing them like what I've been up to. Uh, but you can follow me at the nerd is underscore in. So the nerd is underscore I N. And that is my Instagram. I actually, I have made it all the way to 2020 without an Instagram, but. I saw on Facebook recently something that might encourage me to get one, and it is uh, one of my favorite humans, Dave Grohl, has a, has a new Instagram page where he is going to be telling stories of just things he's encountered in the 30-plus years that he's been famous, and I love that concept. So I may be joining you on Instagram uh, fairly soon. But until then, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Twitch with the same account. It is uh, J-M-U-E-L-L-E-R-8332. So you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. Feel free to hang out at both of those locations. Well, we will be back with you very soon. Uh, But until then, you guys stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and... Nerd out. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can reach out to us at they didn't ask us at gmail.com. You can also reach us on our social media. Our newly created Facebook account, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. While you're there, uh, feel free to like our posts, follow our page, and share our content with your friends. We'd love to have you. Check back with us in two weeks to hear more ramblings and opinions from your new favorite podcast. Mm-hmm.